just got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds. Hey, sports fans, welcome to Sports Nerds. Here are your hosts, Dr. Samuel J. and Dr. Brian Schrader. <laughs> hey, everybody, we're going to, hey, we're just going to jump right into the middle of this conversation that Brian and I are having because I feel like uh, all of our listeners would appreciate it. Okay, Brian, why are you practicing golf? Why do you go to the range? What's the main reason you go to the range, Brian? <laughs> it's not the main reason. I said I want to learn how to spin a golf ball. You want to learn how to spin a golf okay. ball. Listen, yeah. I understand. I've played with a golf ball. Every ball, every ball you hit with your irons has backspin. I get that. But if you really want to zip it back, you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, what I'm saying looks, is if you – because I, it it's, cool. it's annoying to bounce balls off the green. You can spin it. Plus it looks plus it looks really cool. Because it looks cool. Then again, well, I always wonder. It looks cool on TV, but you probably can't see it if you hit it, you know, 200 yards. You're probably not going to see how the zip. No, no. Yeah, <clears> I mean, you're going to see it on TV. Yeah, that's actually a good point. It probably spins a shitload. You don't even – you're not able to tell because, you know, you're hitting greens from 170 out. Guy like you throwing darts. Yeah, I'm hitting them throwing from, darts. from 110 out. 111. Wow. 112. 112. I'm really jealous that you're going to play golf today, though. I'm really, really jealous. I'm excited. Um, I'm playing on Monday, too. Gosh, man. You've got to this figure course, it out. This course on Monday that we're playing like wraps around what counts as a, a ski hill out here, a, a ski resort. It's mm-hmm. really just mm-hmm. one big kind of like mound. But it wraps yes, around yes. it, I'm told. Pretty excited. I've never played it. Well, that'll be fun. Wow. Yeah. That'll be enjoyable. Uh, so you're not teaching this summer. You are just you're just having a grand old time relaxing. I taught in the first summer session. Oh yeah, I forgot it's there too. Over, but I'm not <sighs> teaching anymore not until September I, or whatever. I need to get my head right today. I need to need to focus uh i was gonna tell you a story before we started recording but i figured we could share that with uh share this with everybody as well because it's kind of funny i I get an email from the daily iowan which is the student newspaper at iowa um signed i don't know i guess i just never unsubscribed in fact it's continues to be sent to my at uiowa.edu email which i haven't used in how long have we been out of school 15 years anyhow um the headline is UI Chinese students face difficulties as international tensions increase. And then there's a picture of a lady petting her cat. And it's a Siamese cat, sure. But the student or a presumed Chinese student does not appear to be Chinese at all in this picture. In fact, it looks like a like a, a, a Caucasian woman. And so I'm not sure what the editor missed there. But uh, interestingly enough, and it's very clearly about... Chinese nationals. It's not like. Does it say in like the little sub thing? Is it an actual student, or did the, did some? Did they just? Go I think to that, Google Images. I think they might in. be talking about the cat. Oh, you know the the, the cat is, it is a joke. Through. Is is it like the? No, it is not a joke. It it's is like just, the Inquirer or something. It's um, it's it's the Onion. Does the student paper at Iowa? They don't have a, a, a very a, ironic a and satirical. Sarcastic. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, it's summer, so staff's probably a little short. The student newspaper is already not the most, you know, editorially rigorous um, publication. But alas, I wanted to share that with you. So uh, how goes it? 
your golf win today. How's the weather out there in Michigan way? It's pretty hot these days. Is Summer it warm? finally showed up, yeah. Summer's here. Mm, yeah, 89 nice. today, which out here is like pretty much sucks it gets. That is uh that's warm. I'm sure it's a, a bit humid 68% too. 68% humidity. Ugh. No thanks. Yeah. Uh, I know that you gotta you gotta, you know, run because you know you're playing golf. I, I have to worry, <laughs> but you know, some of us uh, have that responsibility. Let's uh let's talk some things. I know we wanted to get into the to the World Cup and perhaps into the Gold Cup, but first and foremost, have you watched have you watched any all-star game, all-star break festivities? How about that? Have you watched any all-star break festivities? I watched a good chunk of the home run derby. I tuned into the game very briefly here and there. Um, you know, I saw the AL one again, so big surprise, seventh in a row. And you don't care. It like, doesn't that, matter that, though, right? They got rid of that. No longer does the winner of the All Star Game get the home home field advantage. Yeah, because that's not Best record. That's just because that's really dumb, dumb idea. <laughs> yeah, especially uh, an exhibition game. So, yeah, so you don't mind the AL winning? Do I mind them winning? What? No, you're not bored by it. I'm very bored by it. I'm over. I'm mostly bored by all All Star games ever. Um, I, I would much watch... rather watch the celebrity softball game or the home run derby. Like, just do weird mm-hmm. exhibition stuff. I saw a thing on social media yesterday that in Japan they do like a bunting contest where Ooh. you bunt and you have to hit specific targets. I don't know if it was real or fake, but it looked awesome. That would be cool. Like, do do watch funky that. stuff. I like the skills competition. Uh, at the Pro Bowl, you know, the, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. throwing balls through uh, tires and that sort of stuff. I like the skills competition and the races in the NHL All-Star game. Like, what's the best way to celebrate halfway through a baseball season? Oh, let's watch a baseball game. Well, let's, let's do something different. Have them play flag no, football. You're right. I don't know. You're right. Um, which, with that said, the Home Run Derby, I know you just touched upon it, was awesome. It was, was crazy. Good. That was a lot of fun. So, I mean, at least the they, only they topic kind of, of com- I'm sorry, go ahead. I interrupted. No, you're fine. I was probably going to go nowhere. Uh, oh, I was going to say the only, the, the thing that kept coming up during that, uh, that home run derby though, if you were watching it and, and it was on the Chiron on the bottom the entire time was this story about um, accusations of the balls being juiced or something. And, and uh, Rob Manfred sort of denying that he acknowledging that the balls were different, but, but denying that it was like an intentional choice to, to boost offense. Um, and they kept running this stat that said, um, the this year, uh, the Major League Baseball is projected to break the home run total by about 600 mm-hmm. home runs from like 6,100 to 66 or 6,700. Uh, don't quote me on those numbers or the math. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. You're watching a home run derby where these guys are breaking every home run derby record. Hashtag who cares? But, but it was really fun to watch them just mashing these bombs. But at the same time, this is in the backdrop of a season where offense seems really really high you know like last time we were having conversations like this it was you know the 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 beginning of the steroid era sort of stuff like what's happening how can we explain all this offense what are pitchers supposed to do etc etc so i don't know it was a it was a weird sort of shadow over what was otherwise i agree just like a ton of fun do you think that major league baseball is juicing those balls do you think like that's a legitimate conspiracy theory so this goes back to the like I think the beginning of the year or maybe even spring training where all these pitchers are coming out or maybe was it even maybe even last year these pitchers are coming out and being like the balls are different like I can see it I can feel it they're different trust me I've held millions of golf or golf balls bowling with San Diego golfing of uh, of uh, baseballs I can tell that it's different and and for the the commissioner's office to come out and be like 
this weird, yeah, they're different, but no, we didn't intentionally make them more home run prone just raises more questions than, than, than provides answers. Don't you think? No, like they're, they're obviously know. different. Yeah. They, they have to be. I just don't understand. Like, is it because offense drives ratings? That's, I mean, I, I the conventional like, wisdom in baseball for years. Is it true? Ugh, I don't know. It's a good question. Like, uh, yeah, no shit. I want to see the data that supports that. You know, I want that, 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 that connection, um, causation, right? Correlation is not causation, right? And if we it does, that. is it, is it the type of fans you want anyways? I know. I know. I, I, um, I love watching a good pitcher stool. Hey, uh, let's, let's riddle me this Batman. Like, how can we both be like, it sucks that baseball takes too long. The pace of play is slow. The games take too long, blah, blah, blah. And also we want a bunch of home runs that makes games longer. Mm-hmm. A pitcher's mm-hmm. duel, a, a one-zero baseball game. You're home in like a tight Quit. two hours, two hours and two and a half yeah. hours. You know what I mean? So pick. But you can't. You can't have it both ways here, people. No, I know. I know. It's talking up both sides of their mouth. It's very annoying. I don't care. I just don't care. But I hope to God yeah. they're not juicing the ball because that's. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Like well, I mean, I and me, changing the ball at all without coming out and being like, "We changed the ball, and here's why," mm-hmm. is super confusing. I suspect at the end of this, we're going to hear that they were like. Yeah, we changed the ball because we wanted more offense, and they're just lying out. They're just lying right now. Did I tell you this? I went to the uh, Red Sox um, Tigers game. <clears throat> you did on you Saturday. I went down two hours early because we had these like extra passes where you could get in uh, and sit in this like clubby area and watch BP and stuff like that. And we get mm-hmm. down there, and it's raining, so there's no BP, or it looks like it's going to rain, so there's no BP. And then we sit yeah. through a four-hour rain delay, so we're down oh, there shit. for six hours before the game starts me my, my buddy across the street with his kids who had four kids um and then and then this goes back to games taking too long it's just like there's 30 hits in this game 15 dudes left on base and it's like god bless this game is gonna take six hours and finally at like 11 30 we're like we're out of here we gotta go so we didn't get this dude that's game. we were there for that's like, a lot we were there for i don't know 10 hours i'm sorry what time did you say you left 11 11 11 30 Oh my God, man! Wow, you left my house to get there at one p.m. Got Holy home at shit. I don't know twelve, twelve thirty, twelve forty-five. That is rough. Yeah, and oh, also baseball food being really affordable. We had to eat like three meals there. <laughs> oh my God, you spent like wait, yeah. so it was you and, just, and the kids. So yeah, I mean that's like I was gonna say you spent a sol- at least a hundred plus. <laughs> I stopped. I, I was at a certain point. I was like, it doesn't matter. Like, get whatever you want because there's yeah, nothing, there's nothing yeah. we can do. Did about you, it. But it's just oh, the point is like it, you, you, but it, this circling back to what I was saying before, it, it can't be true that slow games hurt viewership and that offense drives viewership. And may, maybe this is, maybe I'm just wrong about this, but I'm pretty positive. The more runs you have, the more at bats you have, the more pitcher ch- pitching changes you likely have, the longer baseball games go. I think no, I mean, it's, it's got to be. The no, case. you're good. No, I was I was doing the calculations. Yes, of course. No, of course, of course. That has to be how it goes. Yeah, every um, every yeah, run that gets up. scored is is at least one out you didn't make in an inning, right? The minimum the minimum yeah. number of outs uh, is is twenty seven. That goes up every time, at least by a single out every single time someone scores, probably by more. Yes, Brian. Yes, Brian. Yeah, that's correct. Good, good. Yeah. Am I saying something no. so obvious? But to me, seems really yeah. profound. I agree. <laughs> it takes. I longer. agree. You're, no, I agree one hundred percent. 
No, baseball's got an issue. It's got a problem, and I don't think that it got solved this week. Although, although the home run derby was awesome. To go back to that once again, it was very, very good. Um, one of the yes, from my, being at that baseball game. Offer away. It was. I think the first you time saw Jim Leland. Seen, oh, we saw Jim Leland. That was awesome. Got a, pic- yes. a picture with Jim Leland. He did not seem thrilled by it, probably because we were in all the Red Sox. I guess isn't he's there. he always he's there every happy. Day. He always. Well, yeah, he's a front office guy, isn't he? Oh, is he? I think he is. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was just there they, off. No, I think that. Well, I mean, kind of. Yes, you know, he's a just, lot of those guys they get front office jobs. Around, we were in like the Tiger Den or something, some club. Where walking around the entire time, just I said he was. I, I watched the game on TV the next day. He was there, I think, wearing the same shirt. No, Jim Leland or a similar no, shirt. He, and they say it sounds like he gets up, golfs, and then goes and glad hands and. Has a beer and a cigar at Tiger Stadium, which is pretty cool. No, my observation was this besides Jim Leland was I don't know if I'd seen the the pitcher clock before, but they have a big ah, yes. above above uh, like kind of by the press box, you know, behind home plate that the pitcher mm-hmm. can see. It's pretty big. It, it's just ignored. You know what I mean? The pitcher throws a pitch. No, yeah, yeah starts counting right. down, yeah. and then it gets to zero and turns off, and nothing happens. Oh, really? I didn't <laughs> realize that. I thought that they actually adhered to it. No, there's I mean, the umpires can't even see it. I don't think there's one in outfield. It's just for the pitcher. Oh, I think it's just like designed to sort of shame you into going faster. Like work quicker. But it, there's not like a horn. You know what I mean? <laughs> like no. a big blare or something from a barge. That's what they need. That, that would, be, would cool. be fucking hilarious. No, <laughs> that would be, that'd be really good. I'm trying to figure out what Jim Leland is doing now. Sorry. That was, uh, yeah. I've noted. Um, um, we're going to the, speaking Taking of baseball, pictures taking in the, the Tigers then. This is what it looks like he's doing. Taken, yeah, exactly. Uh, retire at pace with new. I don't know. Maybe he's not doing a damn thing. You're right, huh? Uh, I got no idea. Sorry, everybody. If you know what uh, Jim Leland's up to, please let us know. I know that again. You're on this tight schedule, so we need to jump into things more important. Uh, let's talk World Cup. Okay, you want to do that? Let me see. <sighs> World Cup. Uh, okay, so fantastic. Kudos for not saying uh, it's World Cup. No, I did that on purpose. I <laughs> purposely made sure I didn't say that. Um, fantastic World Cup for the uh, the U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, put on a show for sure. The uh, did you, I assume you watched the finale, right? The championship game. Oh, of course. Did you watch it? Yeah. Um, I I missed it. I was playing golf. Although I did catch the last. Uh, 20 minutes i guess kind of streamed on my phone but um it wasn't i guess it was closer than 2-0 i felt um but alas it was good little go of it um i we could talk ad nauseum probably about the the run of the of the team and how they did but i am noticing and something that we talked about last night on the phone is this kind of blowback towards not just um you know how the the U.S. team handled itself uh, on and off the pitch, but um, the idea of of uh, uh, equal pay for the women's soccer team. And so, first, first, uh, I want to jump into just the blowback more towards, I guess, Megan uh, Rapino and uh, Alex Morgan than perhaps any of the others. Uh, was it Alex Morgan or who was the one that? Um, made the comment about you know guys grabbing their crotch was that alex morgan or uh, it was um that was alex morgan after the t thing yes okay so uh the t thing she put her you know she mocked the british with a nice um gesture towards them now her claim um, is that it was this like much deeper sort of 
you know, homage to Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones. Oh, really? Yeah. You buy that? Well, apparently at the end, no. like she has like a Twitter feed or a YouTube channel or some social media thing, the Insta Twitter. I don't know what it is. Yeah. At the end of it, she says, and that's the T, like T-E-A. But what she means is, and that's the truth. So apparently it was an homage to that. It wasn't like a haha, you're British sort of thing. But I swear, man, people were okay. pissed off. The, the The Guardian wrote a, a scathing thing about it. They're like, fuck you. Well, you know, we don't celebrate by like eating a cheeseburger. And I'm like, well, that'd be hard to mime, first of all. And secondly, you would have to win. So fuck off. I was not, I was, I not, just I was not mad about that at all. No, I wasn't mad about it at all. And I think, <laughs> I mean, do you, do, would you say that much of the criticism, uh, obviously the leading question here, comes from the fact that it's uh, it, women who are kind of gloating do you think that it's gendered um the criticism yeah. is is okay i mean is that yeah that, when i saw yes. that when i saw yes. that tweet from from alex morgan or or quote from alex morgan morgan i suppose i was like she's so freaking right about this and i'm embarrassed that that i, I didn't say it last time we talked about the world cup right uh, because she because she's right right the celebration was the most benign thing you've ever seen you know, do you remember, was it years and years ago when the women won the first one? I, I want to say it's Brandy Chastain, but I could be totally freaking wrong. There's that iconic picture of her taking off her shirt after she scored a goal mm -hmm. and she's in her sports bra or whatever. Yeah. And people were really pissed off about that. Right. It, that's a really common celebration that dudes do all the time. It al always gets you a yellow card right away. But, it, you mm -hmm. know, it became, you know, it was it was worse, you know, because of the ways that women tend to be hypersexualized. Yeah, it's obviously a double standard. She's she's totally right about about, about this. And, and and again, like. For how for how benign the the gesture was, right? For I mean, even if you the worst possible interpretation of what she was doing was like British people suck because they drink tea. It's not. It's not even that mean. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's, also it's, it's, they do drink tea, so whatever. I just don't understand. Well, I guess I do understand. It's quite clearly just it's 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 um, sexist. Uh, it's it's really shitty. To, I don't want to say shitty, but it's it's so clear that the criticism of Alex Morgan um, for saying or for 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 making that gesture was, had everything to do with um, you know gender related issues, and I think you're you're spot on. I wanted to get to I had something more profound to say, but um, I wanted to read her quote first. So in response to the criticism, Alex Morgan said, you see men celebrating all around the world in big tournaments, you know, grabbing their sacks or what, whatever it is. And when I look at sipping a cup of tea, I'm taken a little aback and you have to laugh about it to see, uh, you have to laugh about it when you see all the criticism. I mean, it's true. It's, it's, uh, I, so much of this conversation, whether it is about how the U S women's national team acted in celebration from game one until the very end of it all, um, how they acted uh, in their tweets and in their comments about President Trump uh, after uh, or throughout the tournament, but also this conversation about equal pay. The cover, it's so easy to read through the criticism of these women and the criticism of equal pay. It's so easy to kind of read just a really conservative view of gender in all of those criticisms. I understand that, you know, you and I talked last night about the problem with the argument for equal pay and not, not that they shouldn't be paid equally, but how that argument is made is actually really problematic. And you can get into that in a moment, but I just, I'm kind of, I'm just shocked by where we've come, um, in terms of a, a national or public perspective on gender. It's almost like we're going backward. 
And it's not just in the realm of sport. I think it's, it's everything. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, like as much as like the me too movement has shined a lot of light on uh, some of these inequalities and, and the issues with, uh, you know, toxic masculinity and, um, you know, gender problems, you see the shit like the Epstein stuff or, or even uh, the Trump administration's response to um, the, the Epstein, you know, uh, allegations, which are probably true, uh, like to, for, for our president to say she's not my type still to this day in 2019 as the reason why he wouldn't have partaken in sexual acts with some of these women is it just blows my mind. And I think there's I guess I, it sounds like they're not connected. The criticism between the U.S. Women's National Team or the criticism of the U.S. Women's National Team and this larger kind of public conversation about gender, it would seem that they're not connected on the surface. But I think that there's something there just because our understanding of of gender and gender equality uh, seems to be have been walked back a little bit over the last three to four years. But anyhow, that's my take. Yeah, I, I agree with everything, you, everything you said. I, I think to there's. There's a really important sort of nugget in what you're saying that that to, you don't want to see any of these things as as disconnected, right? The right. The, the run to this championship has spurred all sorts of different types of conversations, right? About how you should celebrate and if you should run up the score and your behavior on and off the field and whether or not you should make political comments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all of those things are, I think you're right, rooted in sort of a, 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 a patriarchal sort of um, viewpoint or, or, or ethos and, and to, to see them as disconnected is to sort of miss the, miss the forest for the trees. Um, if you will, uh, I, we're, we're both on the same page on this, that, that the, the women's national players should get paid the same as, as the men. And it's really easy to kind of focus on this specific thing as kind of a, uh, a, a micro example um, of of the the problems of sort of wage and pay disparity in the United States and and kind of, and kind of across the world, um, but, but that makes it really important, right? To say here's here's a an, an example or a case study through which we can sort of have a public discourse and dialogue about the problems of of wage and pay discrimination. Um, uh, not even necessarily just between men and women. We can also talk about it in, in a variety of other ways. It's not the it's not the only place that, that wage discrimination takes place. It takes place across race lines as well. Um, it, it, but this as sort of a fruitful site for having that dialogue is, I think, a really good and important thing, but also one where we have to be very careful about how we frame our arguments, if if that makes sense, right? So um, it's 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 okay for you and I to agree that the, the, the women on the national team should get paid the same as, as the men, but the way that we get there could be totally different, right? Does that make sense? So mm -hmm. I, I, I guess the, the point that I'm trying to make is there's a lot of people who are trying to, to say, hey, look, the women won the World Cup, and that is evidence that they should be paid the same mm -hmm. as the men. And I find that argument really problematic, right? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. even if they didn't win the World Cup, they should get paid the same as the men. Right. Even if they didn't make yep. it out of the group stages, they should get paid the same as, as, as the men. And the danger of this argument is it sets up a situation where uh, whether or not you perform as well becomes the standard for whether or not you should be paid the same. Right. Does that make sense? And that should not be the argument, in my opinion, for equal pay. The reason that you should pay people equally is because people are equal. 
right? Can you go? Yes, yes. Uh, you're, that's a very, very clear argument. Can you take it just a little bit further and kind of explain that for listeners again? Because I think there's so much there, right? You are saying that if we use the fact that they won, right, they're competitive, the fact that they are competitive and that they're elite, right, and that they're better at the, on the national or at the international scale than the men's team as reason for pay equality, that is very problematic. That's the, the kind the, of crux of what you're saying. The logic right? that underpins that argument would support yep. a different conclusion if hypothetically in four years, the women didn't make it out of the group stages and the men made it to the quarterfinals or something. In that world, should the men get paid more? No. They should all get paid the same, no. right? That's the point about wage inequality, right? Is that it's structural. It's easy, again, th th there's a, there's a, there's a, a difficulty and a stickiness to this example, because it's really easy to sort of tie, tie the pay that these people get to sort of their objective results. But if you zoom out even a little bit, you have to understand that we talked about this on the podcast last time, that the women get paid less regardless of the, the World Cup, right? You get paid mm -hmm. just for making that team and they get paid less. Yes. Right? Yes. So the, mm -hmm. again, my, my point is the, the, the conversation about pay inequality should start before the question of the results that of the results that you produce, right? A, a yep. better argument might be both the men and the women should get paid the same, right? When they get called up to the national team and then should get the same sort of bonuses. That's a broader FIFA question, I suppose. They, they're they're going to get, they get less money than the men would had they won the World Cup from just from FIFA, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but a better argument that you could make this year would be the women should, be, should get paid more than the men, not less, because they're, they're more competitively successful, but at the starting point, they should be paid at least the same. Does that make yes. sense? Like it, yes, yes, yes. Like, like we shouldn't, we shouldn't be being like they should get paid the same because they won the World Cup. They should be getting paid the same two years ago when they started qualifying. Right. Right. Yes. Before that's... there's any results to compare. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. Like and it, yes, it's there. Yes, that's clear enough the criticism of the equal pay like what i'm i'm going and i'm reading through relatively like respected publications breaking down the pay disparity and coming to the conclusion that they should not be paid the same like i sent you something from the from the washington post this morning that was not one of those articles but i mean i've read articles in um you know i think i read one on espn there was one in in usa today talking about how well the the women might actually be overpaid like how in the fuck can you make that leap to and that argument i just don't understand like can't you not see what is going on in terms of the national conversation around sport and soccer and recognize that the women's team has way more of a cultural influence than the men's team, right? The value that they bring to not just, you know, our country, obviously, but the sport is kind of immeasurable. And I would think that they offer a lot more than the men's team have simply because they're competitive. And if that's the case, then yes, they should pay, be paid equally and, you know, they should also be recognized as more significant, I guess, to the conversation than men, as opposed to somehow, um, I guess, minimizing what they've done 
for the sport and how they've actually kind of helped um, helped, helped us be seen as a competitive kind of uh, soccer country is what I'm saying. That's kind of the long-winded answer. So I just, I, I don't understand how they can sift through all these positives to come to this conclusion that there shouldn't be equal pay. And the only way that I guess I can wrap my head around that is if you make that argument from a, uh, a kind of sexist, uh, not gender neutral perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah. This, I mean, the Washington yeah. Post article that you're referring to sort of, it actually does a, re- a pretty good job unpacking sort of how the different, uh, the men's versus the women teams, men's versus women's team generates revenue for the Federation. And it's, it's really sticky, right? Like, uh, uh, the, the, a lot of the, the game rights are sold as a bundle, it points out. So it's hard to, uh, right. and, and then the advertising as a result is then sold as a bundle. So it's hard to say who's doing more revenue generation in terms of, of just that. And then it goes down into, you know, some of the other ways you can think about revenue generation. Um, this article makes the point that while it may have been true historically that the men's team generated more revenue, that's no, that's no longer true. But just like what I said before, right, the fact that they won, that the women won the World Cup itself, I don't think is a valid justification for equal pay. The valid, the, the valid argument for equal pay is that men and women are equal and should be paid equally. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be dependent on, you shouldn't have to win a world cup to argue for, for equal pay. Um, but, but the argument that you're pointing out, this sort of, I, I dare call it kind of neoliberal logic of, of, of market forces that suggests that men get paid more because the market will sustain it. Whereas women get paid less because that's kind of what the market demands, I think is, is equally messed up. Right. This is the same logic. If I take it away from sports really quick, that says, were you to increase the minimum wage to $15 an hour, uh, a bunch of people would get fired. Right. Because that would be the best way for businesses to maintain their profits. Well, that's not the only way they could do it. Right. They could also cut corporate profits. You know what I mean? When, when you paint it as mm-hmm. uh, the, the way that we pay people is, is born out of economic necessity. Almost always, once you pull the curtain back, you see that there's some some fuzzy, squishy math going on kind of behind it, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I sort of reject both of those arguments on their face. The other thing that's in this Washington Post article, just really quickly, it's got tweets from, uh, you know, presidential or de- Democratic presidential candidates from uh, Elizabeth Warren and Kristen Gillibrand and Kamala Harris and stuff like that. I really like Elizabeth Warren's, which is at the very top that says the U.S. women's national team is the number one in the world and contributes higher revenues for at U.S. soccer than the men's team, but they're still paid a fraction of what the men earn. Women deserve equal pay for equal or better work in offices, factories, and on the soccer field, right? And so Elizabeth Warren is is famous for for being sort of a consumer rights activist. She's anti-big bank. She was on the forefront of kind of going after Wells Fargo after their crazy, you know, issuing credit secret credit cards to people behind their backs and that sort of stuff. She's anti-payday loans. And 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 she's right to point out here, right? A lot of these other tweets are about whether or not these women should get paid more. Elizabeth Warren's argument, and this is more where I come from, is that the is that everyone should get paid equally, right? It's if you're working in offices and factories and wherever you're doing work, you should, you should get paid the same as well. And that the broader problem is a a systematic devaluation of the contributions of women because they're seen as, uh, they're seen as less valuable, right? So I think my argument has a little, it's, it's, it could be, it could be misread. I'm not suggesting that it's not awesome that the women won the World Cup, or that it doesn't prove that they're awesome. It obviously does. They're the best, the best soccer team um, in the world, w- without question. What I'm, what I'm saying is, don't let that 
become the metric through which we determine equal pay, right? Yeah. Because you, I yeah. guarantee you right but, now, maybe probably not listening to this podcast because we would have alienated them already. But in the world, there are people who in the back of their minds are like, no, oh, they're not that good. If they played the men's team, they'd lose. You know what I mean? They're, they're like, they're, yeah. they're not equal. That's what they're, there are people who are yeah. saying that. I promise you, that's what they're saying. Yeah. Right. So the yeah. metric should not be who's better. Right. <laughs> or who was. Who won the World Cup? The metric should be: Do people sort of deserve equal pay? Well, yeah. Does, does that does that kind I of think, make sense? I mean, it's easy to to sure. to advance a conclusion using sketchy premises that might bite you when we try to apply this to other situations, like the one that ones that Elizabeth Warren is pointing out, like in offices and factories or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's it's it, it's. It's a very, very skewed starting point for the argument, right? It's a very skewed place to begin from if you're going to have an actual conversation or argument or, you know, debate about equal pay. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, like the same kind of thing is happening in this article that I sent you earlier in the week uh, that Mark Thiessen wrote criticizing Megan Rapinoe right about not being patriotic and then comparing like every every argument about a particular athlete not being patriotic tends to go back to their in a their refusal to i guess show publicly um respect for respect for the i don't even want to call that right their their refusal i guess to follow the norm of how respect for the flag happens and so like I, I say that it's 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 a really kind of narrow argument because just because somebody kneels during the anthem or refuses to put their hand on their heart during the national anthem, I have a hard time saying that that person is not patriotic by that one example. And I think I, there's not a ton of correlation or there's not a ton of kind of similarity between what you're saying and what I'm saying here about this different kind of situation. But I think the point is when you have a starting point that is that narrow, that does not view the conversation or the issue from a wide angle lens, you're going to, you're going to automatically go down the route to a conclusion that, that supports where you're starting from. And I think that's what you're saying here too, right? Like, you know, you know, if you believe that women are less competitive because they wouldn't beat the men's team and you start from that point, then you're obviously going to come to the conclusion that women shouldn't be paid the same. Like it's just, it's just, you're, it's it's an inevitable uh, uh, you know path that you are going to follow. It's going to lead to that conclusion, and there's nothing productive about it. And there's certainly nothing you know uh, uh, you know uh, what's the word like deliberative yeah. about it. I guess there's nothing that, that good that can come out of that. It's just gonna it's 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 you're fulfilling your 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 starting point, your stance as it is. And so uh, he's like like. Like all of these people that are that are having this conversation on Twitter or in these publications, um, and it affects it goes both ways too. If you think about it, like the left does the same kind of shit, um, but they're all they're just speaking to people who already have that same starting point, that already have that perspective, and so the conclusion is just going to be reaffirmed. There's no there's no thought, there's no uncomfortability, there's no or dif- discomfort that comes from it. And I think like that was the whole point of. That's the point of what we do, right? That's the point of 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 our research, of our conversations, and you know, to go back to 
to like Burke, right? When Burke, Kenneth Burke is talking about things like the clown and parody and all in comedy, that is what he's going after, right? Or Bakhtin, I know you've brought, you know, Bakhtin in a lot. That's the point of that kind of, uh, of, of perspective is to call these things into question. Do not assume the conclusion that you're going to draw and have an actual conversation. Get in the, get in the muck, get in the, the gray area and, 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 and start there as opposed to starting from someplace where you're already going to feel good about the, the outcome that's drawn. Yeah, no, I agree. Was it that? Yeah. No, I, honestly, you were, you were, you were making, making me think I was, I was going on a little, uh, Burke sort of, sort of thought that was, that was maybe even a little bit different. That was more, I, I'm staring at this picture of Megan, uh, Rapino in, in one of the articles that you sent me. And, and I wonder, you know, had the, had the Americans not won, right. If we would be having a different conversation about scapegoating or whether or not she still is some sort of, some sort of a scapegoat. No, I, I mean, I think, I think she, she, in uh, fact, this, she kind of, in fact, is. this, this, I mean, this, this article yeah. that you sent uh, a different Washington post op-ed is titled Megan Rapinoe's dividing Americans instead of uniting them in the fight for gender, gen gender equity. Right. So this person, and I've only just skimmed this article seems to be making the point that it's Megan Rapinoe's fault because she whatever says controversial things about not going to the fucking white house or because she takes a knee or because she's outwardly political or what, because she has purple hair. I don't know. Um, that otherwise there would be sort of national unity on this question of, of, of gender equity, but, but for Megan Rapinoe and all of her churlish antics or whatever. And that's, 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 that's textbook scapegoating, right? We can, we can, we can place it all on her. I think the reason that I'm doing some of this hypo testing in my mind, like what would happen had they had they lost is because in this situation, how are you gonna how are you gonna call out the woman who, you know, single handedly put that team on her back scoring all these goals and brought home, you know, the championship and the top player and all of those sorts of things. Um, you know, uh, social media has been all over this question of, you know, Donald Trump saying, Hey, why don't you go out there and win the World Cup before you say anything? And she's like, hold my beer, you know? Uh, so yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Yeah, sorry. I, I had not meant to say you're good. That. I'm you, 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 you captured my imagination with, with Burke there a little bit. Yeah. I don't know well, if we have enough we time have to like top. dive into this too, but there's definitely an interesting conversation about, about intersectionality going on here. Um, Megan Rapino is openly gay. She's been on TV with, with her partner. Uh, as soon as they won, she ran over and, and, and gave a hug and a kiss to her partner. And it was on, on national TV uh, that, that it's it's very simple to sort of lump all of the women on the U.S. national team into this one sort of fight for gender equity, but we can't assume that 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 they're not distinct sort of um, shareholders who experience sort of oppression in the exact same way. Um, in other words, um, maybe for some of the the players, and and I can't speak to this because I don't know any of them, but maybe for some of the some of them, the the big political issue that needs to be highlighted here is 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 pay inequity, right? But it's possible for others that you have to sort of balance a desire for pay equity with other things like, um, you know, uh, gay rights and and gay marriage and 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 those sorts of things, which um, we know Megan Rapino thinks because she's been very outspoken about it. She talked about it on a, a Rachel Maddow show just just last night, right? Does that make sense? And this sort of op-ed that makes the argument that Megan Rapinoe needs to set aside all this other political stuff that she's interested in in the interest of gender equity is exactly the sort of stuff that happened um, 
that's described by intersectionality theorists. For example, um, you know whether or not uh, the original suffrage movements uh, were were open to women of color, for example, right? Like, well, we have to think about. Um, oppression not as this monolithic thing that oppresses that, that that people experience in identical ways but rather that it's it's different right that 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 oppression and structures of patriarchy and homophobia um and 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 masculinity etc sort of manifest themselves differently differently and, and sort of tug at people in different ways in line with what you said there um and in out of respect for time too uh i sent that article from us weekly about Alex Morgan and Megan Rapinoe being on the cover of Sports Illustrated, uh, the swimsuit edition. Uh, actually, it's Alex Morgan's going to be on the cover, one of the covers for the uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit, um, yeah, edition. Uh, but I, I, I said that because this is just going to add fuel to the fire for those who say that they don't deserve gender equality or they. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be pulled every way, is what I'm saying. Like it's yeah, it, it, it's right. going to be pulled by uh, the right to show um, that you know these women are not actually as progressive as they think, and I think the same argument is probably going to be made by the left too. Like, what are they doing uh, for women's rights if they're going to pose for this very misogynistic you know cover and all of this? And so it's one of the, oh dude, this is going to be a fucking firestorm of of you know third wave feminism meets. Um, you know, uber conservative, uh, you know, white, uh, upper class, uh, suburban moms. So I, that's why I sent that. It's, it's, I'm st I'm waiting yeah. for the commentary to start and I'm not seeing any, anything going, I guess maybe it's not out yet, but anyhow, that's why I sent that. So alas, I know you gotta go. Uh, any this is the same issue that's going to have, uh, someone in a, <laughs> a, a full body covered swimsuit, right? A Muslim woman. Am I wrong? Is it, is it? Yeah, it might. I'm not sure. You're, yeah, it might be. You might be right. I, I, which is gonna, which is gonna add, which is gonna add to this, add to this conversation too. It seems like a a, a pretty progressive kind of take on, um, on uh, for a swimsuit for a swimsuit issue. Given given what it used to be, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold Sports Illustrated out as some sort of like bastion of of, of liberal progressivism or anything like that. But at the same time, you do see recognition of different body types sort mm -hmm. of body body positivity recognizing sort of cultural difference in terms of, of how that manifests itself in time in terms of swimwear um so yeah you're you're, you're correct right some people are gonna are, look at this and say what are you doing you're you're kind of encouraging a culture of of, of hypersexuality if you haven't seen the images they're both wearing bikinis or whatever mm -hmm. um uh, the, the the flip side of that argument that i think more people ho hopefully more people are going to kind of glom onto is the idea that you know, you, you shouldn't be ashamed of your body, that you shouldn't be ashamed of uh, uh, sort of um, uh, self-presenting in the ways that you want to. And, and you're correct, right? There's going to be there's going to be a, a, a tension banked into it kind of on on both sides. But uh, we kind of almost have to nod back to where we started, which is does this become sort of a double standard where where women are not allowed to to show their bodies yeah. right whereas you know for the men to do it it's not not that big not that big of a deal at all yeah no that's that's a whole nother conversation too the idea of nudity and showing off the body i think that i mean sports illustrated yeah has kind of pushed the envelope but i think espn the magazine has done a great job of that too like in more recent body issues where you have non um i i would say bodies that are traditionally viewed as unattractive right 
in there you know prince fielder if you remember him being in there um a few years ago right like and the body issues like that's a whole different thing too right oh no it is it is it is but still is it like i guess i take it as so i think it's kind of progressive because it's like fuck anybody can be naked right like who like if you wanted to be naked like fuck it it's it's okay right who's who's to tell you you can't but uh all right anyhow i I know we're trying to i know we're trying to get off let me make one more point no you're fine i can talk about this no i'm fine I can't remember who wrote this book. The book was called, I want to say, Politics of Piety. It was a, a book that Darren Hicks <clears throat> had us read okay. a long time ago. Okay. Should I even read? I'm Googling. You're good. Go ahead. Uh, totally fine. Mahmood. S. Mahmood was the person who wrote it. Uh-huh, I don't see the uh-huh, first name. Uh-huh. It was called The Politics of, Pi- of Piety. And then the subtitle is Islamic Resi- Revival and the Feminist. My computer's not loading fast enough to re- tell me the rest of it. The Islamic Revival of the Feminist Subject. And so there's this like debate in here um, in this book about sort of how we should think about uh, subjectivity and, and identity, uh, particularly in terms of sort of self-presentation, right? So it's really easy for folks to criticize uh, sort of theocracies uh, in the East uh, as being hyper patriarchal, particularly in terms of the the customs that that force people to dress in particular ways, right? So put that to put that differently, it it was not an uncommon argument for people on the left, progressive folks, to sort of say these women in in uh, majority Muslim countries in in the Middle East and Afghanistan or whatever. This definitely was talked about during the Afghanistan war. Um, are sort of forced to wear a burqa and to and to cover that and to cover themselves all the time, et cetera, et cetera, because of sort of historical, religious, but also really patriarchal kind of traditions, right? That they go hand in hand with sort of. Uh, male control. And there's lots of good examples of this. It still exists in like Saudi Arabia and stuff. You can't travel unless you have your brother's permission or your dad's permission or your husband's permission, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, but in this book, there's a, a debate about whether or not uh, uh, a Muslim woman can sort of both simultaneously reject the patriarchy that's often associated with those outward markings of religion, the burqa, for example, but simultaneously choose to wear it for their own reasons, right? Does that make sense? It makes 100% sense yes right so can i can i even though there may be an association between the uh, a burqa or hijab and and patriarchy right is it also fair for me to say i'm going to wear it because of my relationship with my religion and sort of simultaneously cast off all of those other associations Mm -hmm. right and and there's a really interesting debate about about what this says about the subject and subjectivity and uh, Mahmoud uh, sort of takes on Judith Butler in this regard and says that Butler kind of misunderstands the ability of the self to sort of affirmatively choose to do things. This is the same thing that's happening in this swimsuit issue conversation, right? Like if you assume that Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan were sort of like duped into wearing bikinis in service of hypersexualized patriarchy of the West, right? Yeah. It's easy to see them as being sort of manipulated and losing their subjectivity. Right. right. But it's also possible to read this as them sort of saying, we choose to affirmatively wear this stuff to assert the rights over our own bodies, right? Yeah. To, 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 to wear what we want to make money, for example. Yeah. Right. And so this is that same, that same debate, right? It's, it's, how you choose to interpret the subject. Yeah. And I suspect in these two cases, given the conversations we just had, the stuff that Alex Morgan has said in social media and on TV, the stuff that Megan Rapino has said, she's even more outspoken probably, that they're both well aware of sort of the history of hypersexuality, hypersexualization, 
by Sports Illustrated and that they would see what they're doing as sort of fighting back against that. I will point out really quickly that this is different. If you go back and look at the swimsuited issue from like the issue from the 90s or something, it's supermodel sort of unrealistic body types. Both of these women are super athletic and muscular, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's a different it's a different look. And so I think there is part of that baked into this as well. So I would say to those people who see this as sort of, you know, selling, selling out and, and, and selling your body and objectifying yourself, et cetera. I think that there's a, a more interesting way to look at it that, that is all about the question of subjectivity and sort of intent and whether or not uh, you recognize the ability of a person to sort of make a choice for a particular reason that might look like something else, but is really divorced from that thing. In this case, patriarchy. Well, right. And I, and I think, uh, yeah, 100%. I think another part of this problem, um, and, and maybe the issue with the, the debate of the conversation just as a whole is that we are speaking for these women, not you and I, but like people with voices, with public voices are, are speaking for these women and just assuming one way or the other, you know, they're doing this because they've been, you know, goaded into it. They're doing this because they want to, what, what have you. It's the fact that these, or, the fact that these women themselves don't have a public voice is really problematic to me. And I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, Alex Morgan and, and Megan Rapino, but in general, the ability for anybody to speak for themselves and to show their own intent in a situation like this, right, where they are maybe showing off their body or they're doing these things that might be considered um, um, uh, less progressive. Whenever this stuff happens, these people don't have a voice to kind of explain their intent. Or you know, oftentimes when this happens, those folks don't have this the possibility to kind of explain why they did it. And I think that just goes to show, I don't want to pull this card, but to the systemic kind of patriarchy that you really pointed out. And, and oftentimes systemic racism and, and bigotry and, and misogyny and all this stuff, right? The fact that, you know, a woman cannot speak for another woman about things like gender, or sorry, like birth control and abortion and all of this. It's, it, it's all very kind of, interconnected and i think this is just one example of of that kind of situation here we are assuming right like somebody's going to assume they did this because sports illustrated talked them into or they needed the money or, or whatever what if they just did it because they it made them feel good right and what's wrong with that but we won't know that right we're not gonna know that so anyhow that's where i wanted to kind of go any any closing comments no it was good all right. Go USA. That was, that was Go awesome. USA. All right, buddy. Um, enjoy your, your round of golf. And uh, I'm going to go in and uh, spend the next three hours in a curriculum meeting. So <laughs> nice. Have fun. see you, buddy, later. Yeah.